Welcome to the 12th episode of the Kendra Maya podcast. My name is Kendra Maya and I am a Siddha Yogi training with Guru Pashupati at the 17,000 year old ancient school of Himalayan yoga. Today we are going to talk about how to stop negative self-talk. In the previous episodes, we covered a lot of different topics, but the, the last one was uh, on honest communication with oneself. And this is now taking forward from there. How do you talk to yourself? Well, most of us are quite used to talking to ourselves in these um, disrespectful ways that mean we don't respect ourselves but also that may make us have extremely unproductive times in the day when you want to get things done but your brain just can't stop putting you down or you can't stop putting yourself down in other words and then of course it's really stressful to be in this space and I've been there too um, quite some time ago it's something that came back in little bursts uh, in the last 10 years in many ways sometimes pretty strong bursts <laughs> but overall um, I've experienced it however I have managed to find a way to not experience it anymore in a consistent way and I'm going to share how I did that in today's episode. So I was going through some of these uh, available information on how to stop online and I was checking out different podcasts and also different scientific research and psychology articles on this and People have a lot of um, different ways of approaching the problem and I've tried to summarize them in different ways here. Let's see what they are. So the first one that I came across was a practical way of stopping your negative thoughts. And here, for example, peop the person was talking about how you can just, you know, make a note of all your negative thoughts and see if you could uh, say these same things to a child or imagine a picture of you as a child and uh, say it to that photograph and see how you feel right and there's a lot of explanation of how of course you wouldn't do it because your child inner child is still in you I mean your child self is still in you because you're not you know, you're not a 36 year old adult. Okay, this is what the person said, right? Um, not me. But I guess it's true. I mean, if you don't have control over your emotions and you are unable to control your mind, then it's a child's mind. At least a child was actually more creative, so it's probably worse. <laughs> more creative and more daring. Yeah, but anyhow, the point was that you know, you wouldn't say to an inner child, so maybe you can stick this photograph in your bathroom mirror or on your 
um, on on your car, like inside your car somewhere, so you can see it as often as possible and use it to control your negative uh, self communication. But um, I mean, as 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 good intentioned as this practical method is, I am wondering how much it works. But you know. Uh, everybody is free to try the method out. I mean, I have come across these methods also as a child when I wanted to, uh, not as a child, but as a teenager, <laughs> when I started to face these negative thought problems. And I have also tried some of these things and they didn't really work for me over a consistent period of time. But it, they did work for me, like at least I felt good. I felt like, okay, why am I doing this? That That's something that I could understand that this doesn't make any sense from this practical exercise. Um, and then the other one that I came across was uh, people talking about how talking negatively to yourself has a lot of harmful effects to you as a social being, but also as an individual to your physical body and your life quality of course. It makes you more stressed, it makes you more negative towards other people, towards events and you know, attitude determines a lot of things. So if you are negatively oriented internally, you are probably negatively oriented externally and that means you are pretty fucked because <laughs> at least in the way the concept is understood in yoga your external environment is, so this is not an absolute concept, it has a, there are different elements to it, but on an overall basis, the things that are occurring outside of you are a reflection of your internal self. So if you are, you know, feeling unsafe externally, it's because you feel unsafe internally. Maybe your body is, you know, having some sort of infection and your body is fighting that and it feels like it cannot do it properly, so it feels unsafe. So this is just a simple example and it is something that is obviously again that anybody else can try and see for themselves. None of this needs to be taken at face value, <laughs> uh, even if it is coming from an ancient lineage. I have myself always tried different concepts to see if they work for me or not before. Uh, trusting in them. So yeah, there is people who are talking about, you know, how it having a positive self-talk or positive internal environment perpetuates kindness and compassion and increases self-esteem as well as empathy towards other people. These are again, so all of these different, this, this kind of, the second way of looking at it, I call it the intellectual understanding of negative self-talk. The first one was a practical kind of guideline and the second one here is uh, intellectual understanding. Now the problem with the first one as I said was it was quite practical but it was feel good in the sense that, so both of these are feel good. They may immediately make you think about, okay, why am I doing this and it does not make any sense. Logically, you understand that it does not make any sense. 
and that is because these two solutions or whatever you want to call them work on the conscious mind that is the like the awake part of you like the one that is doing the you know if you are listening to the podcast then the one that clicks the button on your phone or that you can move your hands with or your legs so your voluntary movement that is the conscious mind and we spoke about this in my very first podcast episode where I talked about the being mind and the doing mind and the conscious mind is the being mind where the person is the mind is in yoga in yogic perception in English we are calling it the being mind but in Sanskrit it is chitta and buddha so chitta is the doing mind and buddha is the being mind in Sanskrit and here these intellectual understandings look at or change try to make changes which they do because intellectually it is quite making a lot of sense that you should not do negative self talk if you do those two solutions that I spoke about already. But so, but yeah, so these two look at that, and also there is a third one that I came across um, called what I call the more effective one, like I thought it was going a bit deeper than the first two and it is called the aware framework that was I think developed by Melody Wilding and uh, no I do not have any idea who she is, but she seems to have an uh, she is she is working with a lot of uh, corporates in improving sensitive people's um, sensitive and high achieving people's uh, uh, managing how, how these people should manage their emotions. So, she is working with these people to help them with that and she has come up with this framework and she, it goes which I think is quite interesting and it talks about the first one is to accept. So, you make a list of all the things that you are having problems with and in that list you look at all the st stupid things you are making stories about and that you are worried or that you know if you think you are fat or if you think you are not good enough in all other ways that human beings imagine themselves to be not good enough or if you think you uh, can, can never get rich all these self refuting beliefs um, are to be accepted first that ok this is what I think and then you watch yourself as you accept them and you know make note of how you feel. So, this is how one becomes more aware of how one is uh, perceiving one's belief system and we pay attention to not label whatever we feel towards our bad thoughts as not being bad we should not label them because we should not call them negative or positive because we should not judge them ok well that is also interesting 
um, and then we have act to act upon uh, whatever you think you need to act upon, right? And you make a to-do list among from from these things that you want to change about yourself. So it's interesting because here they talk about watching, but not labeling it as good or bad. But then somehow the next step is acting. So it seems a bit problematic. But anyhow, I will stop analyzing it and just tell you how it is. So yeah, acting, uh, acting out uh, the next step to improve your situation. So if you're having a negative self thoughts about being fat, then you accept that this is how you feel, and then you say that it's okay to feel that way. And then you act upon it by making a decision that, okay, tomorrow I'll wake up at 7 o'clock and do my workout. And then you repeat this exercise for all the other thoughts. And then you also, so that's the A for accept, W for watch, A for act, R for repeat, and the last one E for expect, where we expect in a reasonable way some sort of results that we will get in a reasonable amount of time. So instead of expecting too much or too little, it's good to say that, okay, I will, you know, wake up at 7 a.m. and do this workout for the next one month and maybe I have dropped 500 grams of weight or one kilo. You know, you don't over expect. So then when you drop a two kilos or one kilo more than what you were expecting, it's always a good thing. I suppose that's, that's how one is looking at it. The only uh, so, this is something that could be tried, but um, and it's interesting. For the in the first two cases, uh, the practical way and the intellectual understanding, I would say it's a bit harder because we all know that positive thinking does not always necessarily result in long term in long term positive thinking like no long term growth and long term consistent no more negative self talk and you know all those results that feel good books really tell you you're going to get you're not going you're not getting them because basically what an intellectual understanding does is make you feel good in the moment that oh yeah logically all these things are possible right you realize that it's all possible and you feel great and you feel that i shouldn't feel fat because that's fat shaming and it's all logical, but then does that feeling last really long? I mean, it's important to feel comfortable in your body. That's the importance, the consistent feeling good in your body, not this constant back and forth of whether I'm good enough or not. That's the negative self-talk. And these positive intellectual understandings, as good intentioned as they are, they result in, they, they don't really have any kind of consistent results in making you feel comfortable, for example, in your body, however it is, because it's working only at the conscious mind. And this is where it gets really interesting. So, to become consistent, I'm going to share a story with you, which uh, I found really interesting. And it has also been cited in some research papers, because by psychologists and neuroscientists. So did you know that people will 
you know multiple personalities in one personality one that personality could be allergic to strawberries and they wouldn't touch strawberry but when they switch personalities they would easily eat a strawberry and they would just be fine that's really interesting right so how did how did that happen yeah so basically it's because the body is not governed by the conscious mind but by the unconscious mind or some people call it the subconscious so the subconscious or the unconscious mind governs 95 to 99% of your life so your life is basically governed by the subconscious programming that is in you not the conscious mind or its intellectual understandings of what is right and what makes sense or not whether or not it makes sense that um, that kindness and compassion is higher without negative self-talk yeah you understand it but that doesn't mean you're going to suddenly become a better human being because you're ruled by your subconscious program and but the good news so subconscious program is an automatic setting that's what we are told and that's what most people believe today and this subconscious mind is probably also sabotaging you because of its inbuilt programming that you probably picked up from your parents or your friends or your teachers so your subconscious beliefs are probably working for you or against you and most likely they are against you because we just adopt subconscious patterns from other people instead of really taking a serious look at what they are and research shows so but the good news the really good news is that it's possible even to affect your subconscious mind and that's what we teach in meditation that's what meditation is all about and there's research backing that up there's a guy called dr bruce lipton a scientist, a biologist and a cell, stem cell researcher who studied at Stanford or worked at Stanford Medical School and in one of his publications in the Journal of Psychoneuroendocrinology, a groundbreaking study that he did shows so it's not just him but there are also researchers in University of Barcelona biomedical research of Barcelona Spain where the where this study was also conducted in in terms of its methodology so basically in this study there were two groups of researchers i mean sorry two groups of samples one sample was people who have experienced meditating and who were asked to meditate and then there was one sample who were people who did not meditate and they were just doing activities that are quiet like quiet activities that are not involving or increasing heart rate too much and a bit more on the mindful end, mindful end of things but not meditation and then so then the researchers looked at how their brain responded to how their brain and their body chemistry and their genes also genetically 
how did these two sample groups respond to the meditation. And what they found was that the people who were meditating, so by the way these people who are experienced meditators their body and their genes were also blood chemistry was also controlled. That means it was checked and it was the same as the group that did not meditate in the beginning. right? So, they were all at the same place in the beginning, but after the test they realized that there are certain changes at the genetic level, especially with respect to pro-inflammatory genes. They talk about RIPK2 and COX2 as well as histone deacetylase genes that regulate the activity of other genes. So, they are pro-inflammatory genes. So, they basically cause inflammation by influencing another gene epigenic epigenetically, so on the surface. Um, so, they influence each other by removing a type of chemical tag. So, basically it makes them lose their shit <laughs> in the sense of becoming more inflammatory. Um, and this is usually a bad thing because inflammation is going to basically be like a red, your body is inflamed from the inside, it is like an, it's, it's irritated, it is like being irritated like on a mental level this is the equivalent that I would say it is. I mean I have inflammation nothing but an infection for example, like some place where there is a lot of festering of different you know organisms or molecules because things are not working right. So, the ones who were meditating they were the ones where these genes were down regulated meaning that they were able to have faster cortisol recovery to a social stress test. So, the cortisol recovery is basically they were able to come back from a state of stress excuse me, into a state of relaxation really quickly and they know this because they did a test on both these sample groups where the, the, the audience, I mean the sample groups, the people in the sample groups were asked to do an impromptu speech and in front of an audience and a video camera, right. <laughs> and you know how stressful, public speaking for some people is more stressful than, I, I read this incredible quote that day, public speaking for some people is more stressful than like, I don't know, dying even. I think that was what it was. Some people are more stressed on public speaking, they would rather die than give up speak publicly. So, that is what these social, these, this um, sample groups had to undergo. So, the ones that meditated were able to recover much faster from the social stress because there was activity at the gene level which slowed, uh, which slowed down you know the expression of stress and had a more, they had more resilient responses to that stress. So, they came back to a state of relaxation from that stress really fast. And so, the effect of stress on that person's body was negligible compared to um, the other group which only did quiet, like quietness or mindfulness related 
um, activities. So, yeah, the final conclusion of course, is that in fact, the researchers went as far as to say that basically, if the perception in your mind is reflected in the chemistry of your body and if your nervous system reads and interprets the environment and then controls the blood chemistry, then you can literally change how your cells are going to be by just changing the way you whatever your thoughts are. So, if you do not have negative thoughts, then you can like having a more holistic way of looking at things is basically going to transform you at a cellular level. And so, that is that is really great. Um, and shows a lot about how much impactful meditation is and I will be sharing this uh, link to this research in the podcast description. So, you can also take a look. I think it is really important that people read and see for themselves and also try and test out different concepts and techniques in a, in a, in in good faith. So, yeah, so how do you go around about controlling your subconscious mind, because that is the one controlling it, controlling it all at genetic level as well. Um, so, in yoga, the way we teach uh, in yoga siddhi meditation, we teach stopping negative self talk by simply doing one thing, which is to smile. A nice warm smile, where your eyes also you know have that crease, all those crease lines that one some people have when who smile a lot. So, that kind of smile and that kind of smile you do when you watch your fears or all the stories about how unworthy you are when you watch those stories playing out about whether or not you know if you are fat or if you are unworthy of whatever you know we all have all kinds of insecurities that fuel our negative self talk. Just look at all those stories and you smile at them in a nice way and if you you can practice this in front of the mirror and if you see that this is a fake smile then it then you probably start smiling for real at your fake smile, because it is going to look so pathetic that you will start laughing or at least smiling. So, that is how we teach it and one of my students who has been learning this and practicing it found it quite useful in overcoming a lot of her fears, but uh, it is also some points when she got really stressed out, she was really unable to smile at the problem you know, when things turn a bit more difficult, a bit more out of her league, so to speak, which is a good thing, because when one goes out of one's comfort zone, only then one is learning. So, it is a good thing if one challenges oneself, but it is also a good thing to not sabotage ourselves by talking negatively. So, yeah, smiling at your fears is a great way to do it, but also 
it's not something that so but also it's not something that you will be consistent at unless so what she was missing is this friendship so this friendship that one needs to cultivate with the doing mind or the subconscious mind what we call chitta in sanskrit chitta that i speak about in my first episode so so that's uh, that's what that's the subconscious mind that we need to become friends with and then the question that is addressing basically the answer to the question how do we stop negative self talk is to become is by becoming friends with the subconscious mind because that mind controls the doing mind subconscious is also not a great way of like sub means to submit so it seems that the subconscious is actually submitting to the conscious mind or the logical mind but actually the subconscious or the unconscious mind which is still not so accurate so one is the conscious mind and one is not the conscious mind so that's not really helpful because like for example in forestry we have timber which is taken from the forests and sold but the products like mushrooms and berries and medicinal plants and herbs that are taken from the forest also and sold are called non timber forest products and this is like a really poor definition because calling something that it, it is not right so you, you you define something by saying it is not all those other things <laughs> so so in other words people have not really figured out what the unconscious mind is so they have just called it what it is what it's not it's not conscious in their opinion that's just because we are not controlling it it is controlling us and a more respectful way of calling this mind is actually the doing mind or the chitta which is what is controlling 99% of you and your way of living so it's a great idea to become friends with her and this is done through this can be done through the reassociation meditation that basically helps you get out of being disassociated with your body so why should you do this meditation why should you reassociate with your body yeah that's something that we will discuss again later but for now i'll just briefly say that it's basically because because we're reaching already 30 minutes so the when you reconnect with your body like you connect with every single part of your body from all the way down from your toes to the top of your head and every single organ and toenail and body body um, uh, like your digits your fingers your appendages all of your appendages all of your limbs all the moving and unmoving parts inside that's how you can become friends with the subconscious because she is controlling all of this chitta is the one controlling all of these movements she or he so chitta is controlling all of this and so through the body through reconnecting with the body you become friends with her and yeah then you are able to make the right choice instead of being unconsciously driven 
in existing patterns because now you have connected with her and you have connected by connecting with your body you know and don't ignore your sexual organs <laughs> a lot of people are so ashamed of their sexual sexuality and their sexual organs yeah you have to reconnect with everything in through meditation and this is what we do with our dissociation meditation uh, as part of yoga siddhi developed by my guru it's pretty simple uh, but effective it's crazy how simple it is so that's how we stop negative self talk over a period of time by becoming friends because every friendship takes time and this is the most um, effective and consistent way of getting results for stopping negative self talk and has worked for me also so that's it that's uh, there are also uh, some other things we will talk about in relation to this in the future but for now let us conclude that there are different approaches towards stopping negative self talk inside oneself the first few that i spoke about were connected to a more practical and intellectual understanding of why negative self talk is bad for you and how you can change it in a day to day way but without any long lasting results because affirmations and positive self talk can only get you so far they don't result in really as anyone who's tried it will tell you but you should try it for yourself and see and then there's also the aware framework which i thought was more oh, oh, <laughs> more aware <laughs> which i thought was more um, interesting because it tries to kind of reach the chitta or the unconscious mind but it doesn't succeed because also it doesn't give a way to get consistent results and then i shared how we do it in yoga which is to smile at one's fears and uh, some of my students have been practicing this but also sometimes they are unable to do it because they haven't yet become friends in a deeper way with the doing mind because at the end as I, as as research has neuroscience has already demonstrated that meditation can affect you at a genetic and a cellular level in building a lot of cellular emotional and physical resilience in response to stress social stress inclusive included and neuroscience has also shown that subconscious mind or the unconscious mind controls 99% of our life because <laughs> with an example it's beautifully demonstrated in people with multiple personalities a person who in one personality has an allergy with strawberry just in another personality can eat them without any so when they they have the allergy if they ate a strawberry they would have an adverse reaction this is because the subconscious mind believes that it has fragmented itself to believe this and it perpetuates that belief and so in order to change a belief system at the core level to get really to the root of the problem which is what yoga is extremely good at 
one has to become friends and be in touch with the chitta or the unconscious mind or the doing mind. Alright, well I hope you enjoyed the episode, this is one of the longer ones and I hope you will continue listening. If you have any feedback or questions or comments, please send them in to Himalayan Holistic Healing at gmail.com that is H I M A L A Y A N H O L I S T I C H E A L I N G at gmail.com. I'll put the email also in my in the podcast. It's already in the main description of the podcast. Alright. Oh.